What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Drew Yari Show. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Yari. The date is Tuesday. Well, I don't need to tell you what the date is. This show comes out every Wednesday. So I'm, I'm not even going to announce what the date is anymore because it every Wednesday the show comes out. It is Thanksgiving week. Turkey Day is on Thursday. I call it Turkey Day for any Brooklyn Nine-Nine fans that are out there. That's pretty much the premise of Thanksgiving. So yeah, uh, just had a show that came out on, I guess, midnight on Monday, because that was the Survivor Series um, post-show. Not, not too much news going on. Uh, a couple things here and there. Uh, basic stuff. Um, again, I want to apologize for not being able to put out a show last Wednesday. Uh, for anyone that listened on um, for the Sunday episode... Uh, last last week's episode was just it was bad. Like you you literally could not hear me. You, like you you maybe can make out my voice faintly, but all you hear is just all this. So I mean I I found a solution for it. I'm getting somewhat better at editing these shows. I'm like what on episode fifty six? I'm just now learning how to edit shows better. So, yeah, there's that. So, um, yeah, again, um, kind of a, I wouldn't say a slow news week. There's like two big, uh, things kind of dominating the, um, the new, the, uh, landscape as far as like anything that's wrestling or like, uh, entertainment news. Um, I guess we can start with, you know, the big, kind of like the big news that came out last week, uh, James Ellsworth, for those who don't know. He was outed as a uh, what I like to know what I like to refer to as a creep. A uh, a fan who I'm not going to mention her name. She she has a Twitter. I uh, shared the video for some reason. I can't play the video. I can play it. I can play YouTube videos, but I can't play like videos on Twitter. <laughs> um, she exposed James Ellsworth. She says, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing here. That uh, she shows up to a lot of independent wrestling shows, and she met James Ellsworth, and James Ellsworth was you know asking her how old she was, and she said I'm 16, and he said oh uh, n- never mind you know forget that, and one thing led to another, and she she gives him his Snapchat because you know she wants to follow him you know she's a fan of James Ellsworth, I'm, I mean I'm I'm just gonna only assume she was a fan of him you know through you know WWE like you know like anyone who knows. Who knows who James Ellsworth is? You're a fan of him, his work in WWE, or you just know him, you know, through WWE. So he, uh, 
sends just really creepy videos and, you know, nude pictures to this 16-year-old girl. And she actually posted them online. She wasn't just lying about it. This wasn't just another Enzo case where, you know, that girl was clearly, like, she openly admitted, she, like, she, she openly admitted that she was mentally ill, that, you know, and she has a pat, she has a, a, you know, a, a, a track record for, you know, making stuff up and getting people in trouble. Even her friend outed her as being a liar. This kid actually had proof. Like, she actually posted the pictures and the videos that Elzor sent her on on Twitter, on Snapchat. It's just really creepy. I can only, I only literally saw a second of it. He's, like, flicking his tongue and laying in bed half naked. It's just, ugh. So, um, there's that. And more more news came out today that other women kind of, uh, came out and outed Ellsworth as being a creep. I think the one thing that makes this even more creepier is that Ellsworth is actually married. He's married and he has two kids. Two, two freaking kids. And this freaking website decided to crash. Hold on. Yeah, he has two kids. And it doesn't help that... I mean, it really doesn't help that he's, you know, sending nude pics to a to an underage girl. But you know, okay. Even if it even if it wasn't to an underage girl, he was still cheating, you know, outside his marriage. So, you know, his marriage is done. His 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 career is not only done; his marriage is done. So let me just pull this website up. Right, right. Yeah, this website back up. Yeah, he apparently had been doing this with other women because in the video, the uh, the girl had said that he had been known as kind of a creep to other women, that some woman said that uh, he, I guess he said, hey, come to my car after, I guess come to my car after the show, blah, blah, blah. And... I mean, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that woman was 30, but still he's apparently married and, you know, trying to flirt with other women at other shows. Um, yeah, let me, I have this tweet up, uh, someone named Paris, uh, at Paris WWE had said, James didn't send it only to click kid. That's that person's Twitter. Um, come on. Uh, someone named Lynn, uh, oh, I'm, I'm just going to leave the actual names out. Uh, he sent stuff to me before, but I'm a consenting adult. So he sent them to you also, or, or others on this thread. No need to be vague at this point. Uh, we also previously reported that another individual come forward claiming their 17-year-old girlfriend was approached by Ellsworth. You can read more here. I'm on ringsidenews.com. I'm, I'm, there's just more news coming up. Apparently, yeah, he's, this isn't the first time he hit on an underage girl. I mean, yeah, seven, 17 years old here in Texas is considered an adult, but that, that's, that's still underage. Like, I, I'm not okay with that. You know, that, I guess it's a, a supposed law where, you know, 17 years old is of legal consent or you're, you're pretty much considered an adult here in Texas, but to me, that's still underage. It's still creepy. 
you know, Ellsworth is pretty much, he's done. Um, okay, here's another. So I know for a fact she is telling the truth because James was flirting with my girlfriend who was 17 at the time. Forced her to take a picture of him. So yeah, she's totally lying about this. It's important to note that the authorities have not been called, and Kenzie even asked what the fuck are the police going to do. Elzer denies these allegations, and his attorneys have been called baseless. Yeah, on James Ellsworth's uh, Twitter, he basically, he didn't, he didn't say anything. It was his, uh, I guess his attorneys, his, uh, his legal advisors. He has a, he has a tweet, he has the tweet pinned on his profiles. It's literally like the first thing you see when you pull it up. And it reads, and I quote, my client, James Morris, his real name. Known publicly and professionally as James Ellsworth has become aware of a number of baseless allegations. Mr. Morris has the utmost respect for women and categorically denies these inflammatory and despicable accusations. Bates and Garcia, attorneys at law. I don't know how you could fight this because this girl literally has proof. She has cold hard proof that what that what he did is what she said he did. Like there, there are only there are two or three things in this world you can't come back from, and sexual assault's one of them. You know, look at uh, fucking Kevin Spacey, or not Kevin Spacey, uh, Harvey Weinstein. You know, and child molestation, which. Look at what this dude's doing, and you know. Um, oh, I forgot to mention Bill Cosby's sexual assault, and I guess you know animal abuse. Look at what happened to Michael Vick. His career kind of—I mean, he kind of had a career later on, but he's pretty much done for. He's been irrelevant for a while. You know this. This is something that's taken very. This always taken very seriously. I mean, now it's taken seriously for the WWE because they have a history of protecting pedophiles. Oh, look what they do with. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. I'm trying to remember his fucking name. What was that big Donahue interview about in the 80s? Yeah, fuck it. Uh, it'll, it'll come to me. But, yeah, they, they, he pretty much just, he's kind of screwed the pooch. He's screwed his own career. Like, because... The impression I got was that after, like after a while, WWE would have called him back because the reason why they released him is because they had nothing for him. Like they literally had nothing for him, so they released him, and I'm pretty sure they're going to call him back for something like make an appearance or be someone else's lackey, or maybe even go to NXT. Now it's done for. He even like. Even if, you know, say this case were, like, it, it come to find out the girl was lying. I'm saying scenario, you know, girl was lying. They still wouldn't hire him back because, you know, look what they did with Enzo. Well, also, I think in Enzo's case, they just didn't like him. <laughs> like, even though the the uh, charges came out that he did nothing, they just don't like him. I, I don't know how they felt about James Ellsworth. I, you know, from what I understood, people liked him. You know, nowadays, not anymore. 
Um, so yeah, he's already he's, he's already starting to lose it. I um, a uh, independent wrestling event uh, kicked him off their show, so it's already starting to be the end of Ellsworth. It's the end of his marriage uh, and it, pretty much the end of his life. There's really no way coming back from this. Like no way at all. Once you do stuff with kids, you're done. You're done for. There, there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I find it disgusting because this, this is a guy who he was on wrestling soup. Like when he he had his you know his first you know you know appearance on Monday Night Raw against Braun Strowman to put him over, and then like what is it like? Like a month or a month and a half later, he shows up on SmackDown. He beat AJ Styles, I think, what, two or three times? He beat AJ Styles when AJ Styles was the WWE champion. And he <laughs> he headlined WrestleMania. <laughs> if you like if you think about that, he headlined WrestleMania. That's how freaking nuts that is. And he you know, he was he was a big part of, you know, Carmella's success. And, you know, they fire him and they bring him back to put him with Mela again. So, I don't know how a guy like that could know he has a, literally a job waiting for him. And then you decide to pretty much fuck it all. That's like, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, any any example could work. You know, that's, oh, that's like if you have a CEO position. And the company is telling you, you know, try not to bring any you know, negative publicity to this company. And you decide to go out, go out and drink and drive drunk and crash your car. What do you think the company is going to do? I'm not saying all companies would do it. Some some companies would protect their employees, regardless of the stupid shit they do. Any company with a brain that actually cares about their publicity would, you know, get rid of you or get rid of the problem. That makes it sound like they're that they want to kill them, but it they just they would find a way to kind of slowly get you out without making any noise about it. So, yeah, James Ellsworth, you really fucked your career up, man. I, you're, ugh, it's just gross to think about. I guess speaking of gross. Uh, as we all know, last Monday on Veterans Day of all days, uh, we all lost Stanley at the age of 95. Um, the comic book, um, the king of comics. He, uh, he was the co-founder of Marvel Comics. He brought everybody that we know and love to life. You know, like Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men, you know. He didn't make Captain. He didn't make Captain America. I think he had a hand in making Cap. I think Cap came up before that. Actually, no, he did create Cap. Um, you know, he he was our childhood, and you know, I talked about this on the show that no one over here. I'll just I'll keep it brief. Um, you know, it's you know Stanley. He 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 was a part of my childhood in a big way. He really. He, he made people kind of just not enjoy superheroes, but just he made superheroes that are more relatable to that are more relatable to people like us. You know, when you look at Spider-Man, you know, at the end of the day, Spider-Man's Peter Parker. 
Peter Parker is dealing with real life problems. He's dealing with, you know, college tuition and, you know, when am I going to be able to pay my rent or I need to, I need to be able to find a way to support my Aunt May because Uncle Ben's not here anymore. Um, you know, the X-Men, the X-Men, perfect example. They were created in the sixties during the civil rights and, you know, and the mutants represented, you know, the blacks, you know, and the people that weren't mutants were, were the, the whites that, that hated, you know, and feared mutants. Just like in the civil rights, you know, blacks wanted their civil rights, but whites didn't want to give it to them. They hated and feared them. And, you know, that's the one thing that always separated Marvel from DC, whereas, you know, DC's taking more larger-than-life heroes and kind of giving these larger-than-life stories where, as much as I love Batman, I mean, come on. I'm a billionaire kid whose parents are dead, and now I gotta live in this big, cushy mansion with billions of dollars. Whatever will I do with my life? I mean, yeah, that sounds kind of that sounds kind of like a dick thing to say, but it's just like that's not really relatable. Or you know, Wonder Woman. You know, I'm I'm a goddess from you know Themyscira, or you know Superman. I'm an alien from another world. I can't relate with people, and you know, I'm more powerful than anyone I know. Uh, again, those those are those are characters we can relate to. I sure as can't, I sure as hell can't relate to them. You know, someone like you know Captain America, Steve Rogers, a man out of time, a man who feels like he's you know not a part of this, who's not a part of our century, who's trying to get more equipped, you know, with our with our world. That's someone who, who we can relate to. You know, uh, you know, the Punisher. You know, deals with. Um, Ah, fuck. Uh, PTSD. That's, that's something we, that's something we can relate to or someone that we know can relate to. You know, my dad, for example, has PTSD. I don't want to put his business out there, but, you know, he deals with PTSD. I mean, he's, again, he's not a vigilante that goes out and kills, you know, evil people, but, you know, that's a villain. That's someone who can exist. You know, the, the Punisher can exist. You know, Frank Castle can exist. He made characters that were more grounded in, in realism. You know, everybody in Marvel lived in New York. You know, and, and DC it was always Gotham City or Metropolis or Central City. So but with with Stan Lee, he didn't just he didn't want to teach you about comics. He he didn't just want to teach you about comics and superheroes and you know, A B C and D. He was a guy that you know, he wrote his own column in 1968 where he was denouncing racism and that went viral again, you know, right after his death. He was a guy that was a huge advocate for, you know, civil rights, for people, you know, for telling people, stop being idiots, you know, stop being racist, stop being, you know, ugly to each other and let's all be friends. You know, in the video, you know, in a video he posted, he said, you know, to, to only paraphrase that, you know, that girl right there, she's your sister. That, you know, that man right there, he's your brother. You know, let's let's all just hold hands. Let's all be friends. Let's all get along. Stop being ugly to, to each other. Let's all be honest. I'm tired of racism. I'm tired of bigotry. I'm just I'm tired of all of it. I'm tired of all this negativity. I want to live in a world where we can all get along. 
Um, you would think that's you know something we can all abide by. Bill Maher, on the other hand, host of uh, HBO's Real Time, did not think so. He pretty much, and I don't, I didn't watch the video because it, it was just going to make me mad. He pretty much mocked Stanley's legacy and called anyone who likes comics stupid. And I'm, I'm just reading here on Huffington Post. Um, he uh, he mocked those Morning Lee who pretended that comic books are sophisticated literature. So I'm I'm assuming he hasn't read uh, Killing Joke, V for Vendetta, and Watchmen, who were on like what the what's that thing that books are rated like the Wall Street Journal or whatever wherever you want to fucking call it. Like those were there's actually classes in in like in like big time you know smarty pants colleges that teach that will use that in their in their fucking classes. Like that's a fact. Look it up. And then he said the guy who created Spider Man, the Hulk has died in America's morning. And this, this is where it pissed me off. For a man who inspired millions to, I don't know, watch a movie, I guess. He has faced the fucking wrath of, of like, the hell from everybody. Not just comic book fans, but people who actually respected Stan Lee, actually knew Stan Lee. His, uh, his own company, POW, uh, released a statement. And I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm, I'm just going to read maybe part of it. Uh, comic books, like all literature or storytelling devices, when written well by great creators such as Stan Lee, they make us feel, make us think, and teach us lessons that hopefully make us better human beings. One lesson Stan Lee taught so many of us was tolerance and respect. And thanks to that, we are grateful that we can say you have a right to your opinion that comics are childish and sophisticated. Many said that about Dickens, Steinbeck, Melville, and even Shakespeare. And I'll just... And, you know, they also added, you know, but to say that Stan merely inspired people to watch a movie is, in our opinion, frankly, disgusting. I mean, you know, kind of going back to civil rights, you know, Stan Lee created Black Panther. Black Panther, a, a white guy created T'Challa, you know, a, an African superhero from Wakanda. You know, one of the very first um, black superheroes to get their own title. You know, and then he created someone like Luke Cage. You know, another strong, independent, you know, black superhero. So he he wasn't just out there to make superheroes. He was out there to make people that are more relatable. You know, when, you know, as a as a black kid, you see comics and then you see Black Panther and then you see Luke Cage. And you think to yourself, hey, that looks like me. Like, hey, that's someone I can relate to. Like, that's those are characters not just in comic books, but in movies and TV shows that are always popular because you see that person and you relate to him. You relate so much to him. You know, um, you know, that's the same thing with Wonder Woman. You know, Wonder Woman, you'd always see those pictures of, you know, little girls, you know, looking at the Wonder Woman poster and going, you know, I want to be like her. You know, there's finally a movie with someone who's like me, who's a, who's tough and you know, who's, Beautiful, but also tough and independent and intelligent. You know, not just someone who's, you know, sexy and runs around and acts like an idiot and cries about everything. You got someone who's actually, who can actually, you know, kick Batman's ass, who can actually, you know, fight with Superman. So, yeah, Bill Maher is just, Bill Maher's an idiot. Like, he, uh, and I'm not trying to sound like a hipster, but it's just, he hasn't been relevant in a while. 
I've never I've never been a fan of his. He's I don't like this whole thing about him where it's like, you know, I have to be shocking. I have to say things that are shocking. And he's just he's so hung up about Trump that he's looking for any re- looking for any fucking reason to blame anyone for it. And apparently he blames people who read comic books as the reason why Trump was president. So I remember he made another comment. I remember he made a comment a couple years ago before Stan died where he, you know, he blames superhero movies for the reason why Trump is president. And then he comes out and says, you know, the people who vote, you know, Trump to be president of the United States are the same people who think comic books are real or read comic books. I'm just, I'm just tired of this whole stigma where it's like, oh, people who read comic books are stupid. People who like superhero movies are stupid. Here's the way I see it. Superhero movies are movies. The genre is about superheroes, but they're movies. They're still movies at the end of the day. You know, same thing with comic books. They're still books. They're, st- they're, they're still a hardcover of something you open, and there's paper in it and words and characters. They're, they, they are literally still freaking books. I don't know what else to tell you. The genre, you know, the genre has become a lot bigger than it was before because these are the movies people want to see. You know, we're, we're, we live in a world where you turn on the news and it's just nothing but just terrible, awful, you know, heartbreak, people losing their homes, you know, like in this California, you know, wildfire thing, which I feel terrible for. I, I feel, I feel terrible for anyone who has to go through any, any stuff like that. If you have to, like, if you lose your home, that's just, that's, you know, it's one of the worst things that can happen to a family, to anyone, is when you lose your home, because that's your home. That's your place of comfort, that's your, that's your safe haven, and then you lose it in something that just, it just seems like it happened out of nowhere. So I feel terrible for anyone who has to go through that. But, you know, for, for movies, movies are, um, movies basically, there are escape from reality. There are only escape from reality because we can watch a movie and our mind can be at ease of what's going on in the outside world. Same thing with superhero movies. I, you know, I always make the claim of like, you know, the times we live in, it'd be great if superheroes did exist. It'd be good to have a an Iron Man or a Captain America or a Batman, you know, or a Spider-Man. You know, we need heroes. And we have real heroes out there. You know, we have cops that are out there risking their lives. You know, we have soldiers that are out there, you know, overseas protecting us, you know, putting their lives on the line. You have firemen who are out there, I think, probably have one of the hardest jobs, you know, trying to save people from these fires. And, you know, the fact that they could, the fact that they're able to do that, you know, they're, they're tough. You know, they're, they have my respect automatically. So, you know, Bill, for Bill Maher to say this, it's stupid. Like, I don't, I don't know what caused them to think this, this would be an okay idea to go after Stanley. Like, clearly, he doesn't read comic books. Clearly, he just looks at it as just like, oh, he made comic books. Clearly, he didn't do his research. He's so, again, he's so, like, stuck up on Trump that he's looking for any reason to, to, I guess he's looking for a patsy 
to blame for it. So, and I'm going to quote Neil Gaiman. Stan Lee dead is worth more than a, than an alive Bill Maher. That's pretty much it. You know, Bill Maher has never been worth anything. I mean, the, the guy is known for just being completely disrespectful and then getting called out for it. Like, when he, he had... He had a bunch of wrestlers on the show. He had Roddy Piper. And I'm forgetting who else on the show, but he's ba- he's literally just he's calling wrestling fake to their face. And then Roddy Piper gets off, takes off his shirt, goes, "You call this fake?" And he's pointing to like this, you know, nasty scar that he had. And then he brings up Owen Hart, you know, saying, you know, that you know Owen was my best friend. Do you want to call his death fake? So, sorry, but as far as I'm concerned, fuck Bill Maher. He's he's an irrelevant idiot. No one should even give him the time of day. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to have some smart-ass comment when he has his next show. Whenever the fuck that is. But, yeah. Anyways, enough of this fool. Um, What else is going on in the news? The entertainment world? Uh, come on. Um... Well, I don't know. There's not too much news going on in the entertainment. Um, I guess the only thing that really happened was that they showed the trailer for, I guess, Elseworld. I I think it was called for the Green Arrow and Flash crossover that's going to have Batwoman in it. In the trailer, they mentioned Batman more than once. It's not just like, oh, have you heard of Batman? No, it's like, Batman, 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 Batman. Batman, and then you see uh, Batwoman. It's played by Ruby Rose, just pop out of nowhere, and Green Arrow and Flash are just like holy shit. So I'm interested to see where that goes. The, um, I guess the the thought process going in is that Bruce Wayne, you know. They already dropped Bruce Wayne's you know, name before. I think they dropped his name last season. Batman does exist. You know, obviously they're talking about him because you know, I think um, I think Green Arrow said Batman is just a myth. He, he's he's not real. And then what's it called? The, like the thought process is that Batman's m- missing. He's been missing for a while, and that's why Batwoman is you know protecting Gotham City. So, you know, I'm, I don't know, like, they already have Superman, and now they have, and pretty soon I'm pretty sure they're going to have Batman. And the rumor is that, there was a rumor that was kind of bunked, that they were, they were going to give this uh, Tyler, Tyler Coakland, Tyler Coachland kid who's playing Superman, they're going to give him his own show. Um, mainly because what was going on with, um... Henry Cavill and his Superman contract, they were supposedly, like he was supposedly done playing Superman and Ben Affleck was done playing Superman. That's why they want to bring in Batman and Superman on the small screen. I would be really hyped to see that. Um, I mean, we already saw Smallville, but that wasn't, uh, that wasn't Superman. That was uh, Superboy or whatever you want to call it. And we never saw Batman. Small screen. I mean, we saw, we saw. Um, I mean, Batman the animated series, which is what we all grew up on, and the 
in the amazing Adam West uh, show back in the 60s. I'm not going to disrespect Adam West. I'm just messing around. But uh, we never actually seen a show like a, a Batman show that was equivalent to what's you know going on with Arrow. Because Arrow, I mean, let's just be real. Arrow is basically Batman. Since they couldn't use Batman, they gave a lot of Batman-esque you know, storylines and villains and shit to um, to Arrow, which it it worked. I mean, every everything. I mean, it works just as long as they make it their own and don't try and like copy too much. It works because it's kind of like with Supergirl. Supergirl announced that they are bringing in uh, Lex Luthor is going to be played by John Cryer. Who, as many knows, is uh, Two and a Half Man, uh, Charlie's brother. I haven't watched the show in a while, so I don't know names. And he played Ducky in Sixteen Candles. <clears throat> or was it Pretty in Pink? I don't know. They both seem like the same movie to me. So I don't, I don't know how he's going to pull that off. I mean, maybe he'll do a good job because CW hasn't been too bad with casting. They're, they've usually, you know, done right with their casting. The guy who played uh, Raza Ghoul, uh, Matt, was it Matt? Not, not Matt Bennett. No, I'm forgetting. F- I, I used to be good with names. I'm bad with names. Yeah, the guy who played uh, uh, Raza Ghoul and Arrow, he was very good. Because I had my suspicions about him. <coughs> I, didn't th- I didn't think he was going to be very good. He ended up being very good. Like, he was very like intimidating. He fit that role to a T. Almost as good as Liam Neeson's performance in Batman Begins as Ross Lugle. So yeah, John Cryer, uh, mainly known for comedy. He's, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he can pull it off. Maybe he can bring something new to Lex Uthor. You know, because uh, when, when I see him, he's just, he's any role he's in, he's always like very, very hyper, very happy. Very smiley. Maybe that can work. Like, maybe he can play that up to his strengths in this role. Where, you know, he comes off as, you know, the nice guy, but on the, on, when the, when the cameras aren't rolling, he's a fucking psychotic piece of shit. He wants to get rid of this fucking alien. He's been wanting to get rid of, you know, her cousin, you know, Cal L. Superman, you know, for the longest time. Now she's in the picture, and he's, he's just like, what the fuck? What's it gotta take to get rid of these aliens? So, I don't know, he'll, maybe he'll do a good job, you know, maybe he'll prove me wrong. I mean, he couldn't be as bad as Jesse Eisenberg. So, uh, I mean, you know, I'll take that back. You know, Jesse Eisenberg wasn't that bad. I just think he was trying to be too comedic. Because when you look back at it, he was basically Jim Carrey as the Riddler. And then in the end, he shaved his head, but, I don't know, I mean... I, I don't have a problem with people bringing something new to the character because you can't always play the same role. You know what I mean? Like, you can't always... Uh, it's like with the Joker. Every Joker had their had their own spin on things. I mean, you're, at the end of the day, you're the Joker. You're always going to be the Joker. You're always going to laugh and cause chaos. It's, it's, what, it's that kind of, like, aura or presence you bring to it. You know, Cesar Romero was, you know, comedic. And, you know, and uh, you brought in Jack. Well, he was, you know, crazy, and but he was also comedic. Mark Hamill was a little bit of both. 
Um, on, I mean, on that show, you couldn't you couldn't be that dark, uh, especially on like animated shows. So he couldn't be that dark. He was, you know, very comedic. And then later on, when they brought him back on, like in the video games or what have you, he still had that presence, but he was also psychotic. Heath was, you know, killing joke esque, and he was just. He was very intimidating. He was scary. It was kind of like Pennywise the Clown meets the Joker. You know, if Pennywise, if Pennywise the Clown and the Joker had a baby, it'd be Heath Ledger as the Joker. You know, Jared Leto, I'm 50-50 on because he didn't get a lot of time in the movie. So it's kind of unfair for me to say that his Joker sucked. But then again, by default, he's the worst Joker because, you know he didn't do much. And that's the studio's fault because the way they were advertising this movie, you know, Suicide Squad, they're making out to be, oh, is the Joker going to be a, you know, a, uh, a, uh, is he going to be, what's, what's the fucking word? Is he going to be like, is, is he pretty much going to be the villain against the, against the Suicide Squad? You know, you're going to see Deadshot go up in Suicide Squad, like in that, um, Assault on Arkham, which that would have been fucking awesome. But no, he was only in it for like 10 minutes, and it seemed like it was like less than that. And he, I think, you know, even Jared Leto was pissed off about that. He was like, you know, I was supposed to be in the movie like 20 minutes longer or like 30 minutes longer, but they cut my shit. And he told, you know, DC, to go, he pretty much told, told, told DC to go screw, and now they're still making a Joker movie about him, which I don't know if it's going to be a Joker movie anymore, because they said they finished the script for Joker and Harley. So is he going to appear in Birds of Prey, I wonder? But, so yeah. And uh, Jared Leto's shaving to get in um, shape or get the get the look down from Morbius Living Vampire, which I, I don't know how that's going to do. Uh, Morbius, I really remember from the Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, I mean, that's a cool character. It has a cool concept to it. I, I like what Sony Marvel is doing because they want to take characters that need their own spotlight and they kind of want to give it that horror movie vibe because Venom was kind of a horror movie. It was kind of treated like a horror movie in a way because it's like, you know, regular Joe Schmo, you know, comes across this alien that takes over him and now they're eating people. With Morbius, that could really be a horror movie. Um, yeah, that's That remains to be seen. Uh, but yeah, CW. Very interested to see how that goes. Uh, keeping up with the recent season of Arrow, I like where it's going. I really wish that they would focus more on Ali in jail. Because it seems like they're just... They, they show a lot more of the, the, uh, the crew, Ali's crew, you know, doing, you know, trying to fight back and, you know, get Ali out of jail rather than show Ali in jail because those scenes are a lot more interesting. So the, uh, yeah, the crossover episode is supposed to be in two weeks. And yeah, Flash I've not been keeping up with. I, I've kind of fallen off Flash because it's kind of gotten really cartoony. It's, I think they're focused, I think they're aiming more for, like, you know, humor and cartoony and uh, 
they're really making Iris seem a lot bigger than she already is. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Iris and, and Felicity are tied with the most annoying girlfriends in, like, or probably they're tied with the most annoying girlfriends on superhero shows. I'll just put it that way. Um, Black Lightning. I have not watched the new season. I want to watch the new season because I like the first season. Black Lightning was kind of like that. It was a very quiet success because we're also fixated on Arrow. You know, we're all fixated on, you know, Flash and to a degree, Lightning's of Tomorrow, which I don't watch. You know, but, um, Black Lightning was kind of just like, it did good, but not a lot of people talked about it. It's weird because I think the first episode had like the had like the biggest ratings for any like new CW show. I think I think it had bigger ratings than Supernatural. I I, I think so. Don't quote me on that. But uh, yeah, Black Lightning was very good. It was really good. Uh, I I like the concept of Black Lightning because they they went with a different concept. They didn't just say, "Hey, let's bring in a good looking twenty something actor and let's get in this origin story." It's like, no, we'll make this, we'll bring in like a 40-something, you know, guy. And the story is going to be that he used to be a superhero and now he's retired. Still has his power. His powers are kind of like at bay. Then something happens and his powers come back. And he's, they're in their own universe. They, they, I think, I think Black Lightning isn't anywhere near like the, it's not, it's on the Arrowverse, that's for sure. And I don't think it's in Supergirl's universe. As far as I'm concerned, it says it's in its own universe. It's in the Lightning universe, which I, I think that's what it's called. Which I'm very interested to see what they do. Um, they supposedly are going to bring in uh, Static Shock <clears throat> later on. Later on, like I don't know if it's in this season or just sometime down the line, which I'm really interested in. I was a huge fan of the show growing up. I I honestly didn't know. That it had its own comic. I thought it was an original. I thought it was an original character. It did. It did have its own comic. The show was freaking amazing. I loved it. It, it again. It's one of those shows that you doesn't get a lot of attention. You know, with superhero shows back in the nineties, it was all about Batman. Um, you know, Superman's cartoon wasn't that good. Uh, and then he had Justice League, then Spider Man, and then you had uh, X Men. You know, but. You know, Static Shock. It was it was very very good, but it it, it kind of went under the radar in some ways. That's a show that it really should get its own show. You know, and uh, I believe Static Shock, the character, he's I think he's Black Lightning's son. If I'm not mistaken, I think I need to look that up. Give me one second. Well, it's going to take more than one second. Yeah, type that in here. Uh, kind of description is that Hawkins is the son of fellow superhero Black Lightning, who debuted Black Lightning, addresses the coincidence. Once in Justice League narrative, Static has made numerous appearances, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's not his son. Uh, 
Static shock is not black lightning. Okay, that pretty much tells me anything I need to know. Yeah, that's 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 something that needs to be its own show again. Like br- like bring him into this show, and then give him his own spinoff. Like they like they've been doing with other characters. Like they did that with the Flash. They had him come in in like second season, at you know kind of like a like the, what they refer to as a backdoor pilot. And then they gave him his own show the next season. Or was it that season? Uh, I think it was, I, I believe it was the next season. There you go. So, and uh, they did it with the Punisher as well on Marvel. They put him on Daredevil, gave him his own show. Uh, they put Luke Cage on Jessica Jones for a couple episodes and they had his own show. Yeah, you know, it, it, that works. Like, you know, put. I don't know, put Static Shock on an episode of, on a couple episodes of Black Lightning, see how that works, which, it, it, it will work, it should work, and then give him his own show. It's, that's something that anyone who grew up in the 90s is going to want to watch. You know, anyone who grew up in the 90s loving superhero shows that was a fan of the show, will want to watch. You know, it's, anything that was a part of my childhood, I will watch. You know, it's like, and this is another topic we can go to, the Pokemon trailer, you know, uh, Detective Pikachu, uh, starring Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. You know, there there were doubts, like, you know, how is this going to work? Like, why, why would we want to watch a movie just about Pikachu? And it's not just Pikachu, it's an entire fucking universe of Pokemon. And again, you were kind of like, sketchy, like, how are they going to pull off Pokemon in CGI? It's not just CGI, they actually, they have, I guess, like, Pokemon dolls. And then they CGI them to move around and look, I guess, a little bit more realistic. And I like what I saw. I mean, that that movie could bomb and be terrible, but I'm still going to watch it. Because I like the Power Rangers movie. I loved it. Other people hated it. I loved it. I think the people that didn't like it were the ones that didn't watch it. That didn't understand it. People like me... And I'm not just speaking for myself. I looked on my Facebook and people that I know personally watched it and they said they fucking loved it. I loved it. Especially the uh, scene where they all, they're all they all teaming up and they get into their, um, uh, into their uh, machines. I shame on myself for calling them machines. I'm pretty sure they're not calling machines. And they play the, you know, the, the uh, Go-Go Power Rangers theme. I was hype as fuck. The little kid in me just like jumped out and like, yeah. Same thing for Pokemon. Like they showed that trailer and they showed a whole universe of Pokemon. You know, they didn't just show Pikachu. They showed Charizard, which that was pretty cool. They showed you know Bulbasaur. They showed um, Jigglypuff for a hot minute. They showed uh, Mr. Mime, which people seem to be seem to go crazy about. I was not that crazy about. I am. I. I will be super fucking hyped to see this movie. I will be first in line. If my girlfriend doesn't want to go, I'm just gonna go by my fucking self. I will go there, eating my popcorn, drinking my fucking soda, or or sweet tea because I'll probably be a draft house when this comes out. And I will watch the shit out of this movie. What the fuck is this thing doing? So yeah, the tra- the trailer looked good. I I liked it. Again, it looks like it'll be goofy. It might not be good, 
It might not be a good movie per se, but Ryan Reynolds was a part of it. I love Ryan Reynolds. Lately, Ryan Reynolds could do no wrong. You know, he was Deadpool. It seems like he's like, it seems like he's latched himself onto another big franchise. You know, I don't know, depending on how long they want him. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he'll stay on this. I I think it'll be like Venom, where the critics will give it a shitty review, but the fans will love it and they'll pay more money to see it. I think nowadays that's kind of become what people care about more is that they just want to see a movie and have fun. I mean, yeah, we love our Marvel movies that do well. We love Avengers. We love Black Panther. We love good movies. We love good storytelling. But at the same time, we just want to have fun. You know, Venom was fun. It wasn't a, was it a good movie? No. Did it have its faults? You know, yes. But it was fun. We had fun watching it. And that's why it continues to make money. It's passed up. It's already passed up all the X-Men and, you know, Deadpool films and, you know, the box office. It's already passed up Star Wars. It's making money, so that's all that matters. I mean, would you rather have a movie that is really good and, you know, makes good money? Or would you have a movie that just makes a shit ton of money but, you know, didn't get that many good reviews? So that's that's all that matters. They're getting a sequel. And, you know, we're getting Carnage in that. But um, going back to Pokemon... I'm interested to see what they do if the movie is successful, which it sh- it sh- I think it should be. It, Pokemon is still something that people are into, because you know the people like me that grew up on it, and then you have new generations of pe- of you know kids that you know love it that play it. So what else could they do? You know, are they going to do another origin story? Are they going to have you know red and blue in the game? Are they going to have? Um, are they going to bring in Ash Ketchum? Which I hope not. Or are they just, just going to bring in completely new characters? That, I mean, that, that too would be interesting. Another interesting concept they can do is make a Netflix show. Kind, kind of like with, uh, what was it, Pokemon Origins? Where it, it took the uh, storylines from the game and made them a little bit more darker than you know the actual TV show that we grew up on, which... I personally like that. I think that's a concept they should go with. Whether it be, you know, live action or animated, I'm fine with both. As long as it's done right, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. If it looks if it looks like if it looks like I know it's gonna be good, I'll watch it. Speaking of Netflix, uh, Netflix is also developing a a Legend of Zelda show. I think done by the same people who are doing Castlevania. Uh, let me look that up real quick. Um, right, Nintendo CEO addresses Legend of Zelda. Netflix rumors. This thing wants to continue being slow. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's not really giving me any good news. Um, trying to find, trying to find a website that can give me some news. Uh, 
video game, the video streaming service is in early stages of developing a live-action series based on Zelda. Um, Netflix is describing it as Game of Thrones for... God damn it, I don't want Wall Street Journal, you piece of shit. Come on, move. My god, this thing just took me all the way down. For a family audience, the Zelda games have traditionally included swords and sorcery, like Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings, but typically with a more light-hearted, kid-friendly tone. Uh, Netflix spokeswoman declined to comment. A Nintendo spokesman said the company doesn't comment on rumor or speculation. <laughs> also doing a Devil May Cry series by the same people who did Castlevania. That's really about it. If they do a Zelda game, if they do a Zelda series, I'll watch. I can never, I never for the life of me could finish a Zelda game. They're one of those games that they're fun to watch, but you actually, but for me, I play them and I just, I can't get through it. I need walkthroughs to finish it and those walkthroughs even tire me out. They're just, they're hard games. They take like 20 years to finish. I mean, that new Zelda game that came out for the Switch looks fucking amazing. It, looks, it, it has amazing graphics. I think it's like the like, I think it's the highest rated Zelda game of all time, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, we're, the, the, these are things that we all want to see. Um, it's good that they're, you know, bringing video games to life. But, as long as they're made right, I don't this is the thing. I'll never know why video game movies never do that well. It's, you know, we, li- we live in an era of, you know, comic book movies that are finally being done well. So, you know, now is about the time where we can see, you know, a video game movie done well. You know, we could see a, um, you know, a very, a, m- a much better, you know, version of Mortal Kombat done, which I, which I, uh, the first movie was bad, but I loved it. You know, it's something I still watch. But would I wa- if, you know, if um, the guy who who directed John Wick, for example, was cast as, as you know the um, as the director, he also directed Deadpool. If it was announced that he was gonna, you know, reboot the reboot the franchise, I'd watch it because John Wick was awesome. And so was uh, so was Deadpool too. You know, uh, I, I guess only like certain video games could be done right. Um, maybe watch a Splinter Cell movie. That'd be that'd be interesting. You know, and have have Josh Brolin as Sam Fisher. You see, the casting writes itself. Um, or. Uh, Get the Russo brothers to direct that. The Russo brothers should direct a Splinter Cell movie and have Josh Brolin as Sam Fisher. That be that would be fucking amazeballs. I'd watch that. It's a huge fan of the Splinter Cell games. Uh, what else could you do? Uh, they're doing a Division movie. That's what I heard. And Jake Gyllenhaal is producing it. Uh, Division movie.
I saw I saw Jay Jonah tied to it. Yeah, he's he's starring in it, and so is Jessica Chastain. And somebody named David Leach is directing it. He sounds familiar. He look I've seen his name before. He's done. Oh, he did John Wick. He did the first John Wick. Or no, he directed some scenes in John Wick. Okay, never mind. And then Atomic Blonde, which I didn't. I haven't watched the whole movie for that. Trying to see what he directed. I know I've seen stuff he's in. Okay. Oh, yeah, he directed Deadpool 2. There you go. Uh, John Wick. Atomic Blonde. He's directing the Hobbs and Shaw movie, which is um, The Rock and um, Jason Statham from Fast. And he's directing The Division, which... All right. The game... I I didn't hate the game. The, the game's very good, but it's kind of bland. I guess that's the only way I can put it. It's a very... It's not a terrible game, but it's just a very bland game. I mean, that's the only way I can really put it. That, I mean, that's something that could, that has the possibility to be good. Because that looks like a movie. That looks like a movie that's been done before. I'm just, I'm, I can't really seem to really put my finger on where I've seen a movie like that before. What else could be a movie? Uh, they're doing a Halo series on Showtime, I believe. Which I'm... I'd watch it. That I'm hyped for that. <clears throat> hmm. I don't know. With, with most games nowadays, are very complex. It seems like a lot of them could be movies like uh, Fallout or Far Cry or you know, shit like that. You know, they, you know, a Resident Evil movie. You know, it's you know made by a better director. I'd, I'd watch it. You know, bringing the John Wick guy, since he seems to be very good at making action movies. <clears throat> so, I guess we're done with movies for now. Uh, we can. Oh, I, th- I think that's pretty much it. You know, for the entertainment portion. If um, if there's anything I'm missing, what uh, what exactly am I missing? Am I missing anything? Do, 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 do. Cree 2. I think Cree 2 dropped today. Yeah, that, yeah, it dropped today. I want to fucking see that. I know it's going to be... It's going to be on par with Rocky 4, which Rocky 4, in my opinion, is the best Rocky out of all of them. In my opinion. That's the one I like the most. Cree 2... The first Creed was very good. That, that was something... That just came out of nowhere that no one expected to be a hit. Because when you when you take a spin when you take a character from another movie and give them their own spin-off, it's always it's always a huge risk. You know, if it's uh if it's a Marvel movie, it's different because Marvel is that seems like something people automatically latch on to. But for a character like Rocky, you know, for you know, for the Rocky movies and you t- and you take um Apollo, you take a character, you know, Apollo Creed's son Adonis, that was a huge risk, because it was like, you know, why do we care about Apollo Creed's son? 
and then you saw the trailer. The trailer looked like a superhero film. It literally looked like something out of a Marvel film. And, you know, Michael B. Jordan, he's, anything I've seen him, he's always been a very good actor. And then you have a director like Ryan Coogler, who it just seems like he's, he's, you know, pretty much, you know, like he's pooping out hits. <laughs> Any film he's done has always had good reviews. You know, Fruitvale Station is the first one that comes to mind. Then he had Black Panther. Uh, before Black Panther was Creed, he, it was just announced he's going to do Black Panther 2, which I'm, 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 I'm hyped for that. It should be good if he's on it. And I think he's a, he's producing Space Jam 2. <laughs> the sequel to Space Jam. <clears throat> which, why the fuck not? If you're Ryan Coogler, you want to do something that's fun. And all the, and you know, Fruitvale Station, you know, that, that was a very serious tone. Uh, Creed 2, for the most part, had a very serious tone. Black Panther, you know, it was, a, a fun movie, you know, so kind of a serious tone. With Space Jam, it's like, eh, why the fuck not? I'm, I already have hits. I have money. I make good movies. Let me do the sequel to Space Jam with LeBron James in it. Because I'm Ryan fucking Coogler. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't I don't blame him for being part of Space Jam 2. Yeah, Creed 2, he's not going to be a part of it this year. I think I think because he got tied up with um, Black Panther, I believe. But uh, Creed Two, I'm I'll see that. I don't know if we'll have time to see it or have the money to see it, but we're gonna see that. It's came out the same week as uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph Two breaks the internet, which I want to fucking see that. The first one was very good. The first one was a hit. It movies that have a very unique and simple concept are the ones that tend to do better. With Wreck-It Ralph, it was like, you know, this is a guy who lives inside a video game. And he's stuck with other video game characters. To me, that's Wreck-It Ralph is probably the most successful video game movie. <laughs> yeah, it, movies that, you know, have that nostalgia, you know, feel to it. Because you, it, how Disney was able to get all these, like, copyrights is just unbelievable. Because you, you saw freaking, uh, you saw Street Fighter characters in there. You saw Sonic. Um... Trying to think of other characters. Fuck. Uh, I think you saw Mortal Kombat characters in there, if I'm not mistaken. You know, and in this sequel to Wreck-It Ralph, you see Disney princesses. You see Penelope in a scene with all these Disney princesses. You see, you know, other licensed uh, Disney characters, like you know, like Marvel characters. You see Iron Man fly by for like no apparent reason. Um, There's also going to be one of Stanley's last cameos. He, uh, before he, before he passed away, he's gonna be in Captain Marvel. He's gonna have a cameo in Captain Marvel and, uh, Avengers 4. It hasn't been decided if he's gonna be in Far From Home. They haven't came out and, you know, announced that. They already said he's not gonna be in Dark Phoenix, which, that's, which that sucks, cause he created X-Men. Come on. Um, or, uh, New Mutants. So those are the only like known movies that he's gonna be in. He's already gonna be in Wreck-It Ralph, and it the sad the sad news was that he he died before he could see his cameo in Wreck-It Ralph, which that sucks. Or any of these other movies. So it, it's uh, it's gonna be hard seeing him. You know when when we see him in Captain Marvel, it's gonna be hard. It's also gonna be hard seeing that graphic of uh, 
you know, with East Stanley. The, uh, the apparently there's fans that want to see Deadpool replace Stanley. That'd be interesting. Just have him come out for no reason and just interrupt people's movies. Especially now that Fox is a part of Disney, which it was announced that China had approved of the Disney deal. And it, it's apparently going to be announced at literally the beginning of next year that the deal is going to be officially like in business. And then I think Kevin Feige or the CEO of Disney had said that the deal could be finished by April, which I'm like, didn't you guys say it'll be finished at the beginning of the year? Like you made you you made an official announcement that said it'd be done by the beginning of the year, or whatever. So yeah, we're done with the entertainment portion. Let's uh kind of get into some wrestling to kind of close out the show. The fallout from Survivor Series was kind of less than impressive on Monday Night Raw. The um, the whole show is basically just Dean Ambrose hiding from Seth Rollins. It, it kind of seemed like a bad episode of Scooby Doo, where you know you remember like in Scooby Doo, like they'd be chasing the villains and they'd be going through those random doors, and they'd be coming out and the villain would be chasing them, or one person would come out and another person, some random person on a unicycle would would coming would come out. That's what it seemed like because. Dean Ambrose, uh, or Seth Rollins opens the show to call it Dean. And then Dean kind of makes the, uh, the shocking allegation that Roman got what he deserved and that's why he's answering to God. And Seth got what he deserved, now it's answering to me. Which, you know, my girlfriend's sister was like, you know, they should have gone there, that's fucked up. I'm like, yeah, it is fucked up, but that's just something that they do. They're they're not above using somebody's personal life, you know, to to um, further a storyline. They're going to use Roman to further the storyline. I I knew they were going to do it. I mean, I don't know if Dean was going to come out and say, you know, I'm glad Roman got leukemia. I gave him leukemia. It's like, but we didn't know each other 11 years ago. It doesn't matter. I still gave you leukemia. I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but it, it it's not. It's not above WWE to use somebody's, you know, tragic, you know, tragedy to further a storyline, i.e. Eddie Guerrero. You know, Randy Orton telling Rey Mysterio, you know, Eddie's not in heaven, he's in hell. Or uh, having Batista tell Rey, you know, Eddie's dead and I'm not thinking about him. So it's, again, it's, it's, it is fucked up. It's very fucked up and it's disgusting. But, again, it's something that they do and it's something I know they're not above doing. Or, or if it's something that's beneath him. But, uh, yeah, he uh, he's pretty much telling Dean, hey, come find me here. And then Dean shows up, and he's not, or Seth shows up, and he's not there. And then Dean shows up again, hey, I'm right here. Seth shows up, Dean's not there. So, and then to close the show, Dean's not really making any sense, as usual. Like, this whole, I'm not sure what Dean is supposed to be now. I guess he's basically, like, Last week, he's, you know, rap, rap music video Dean sitting in a car, sitting next to a fire holding a gas can. And now this week, I don't know what the fuck he's supposed to be. He's he's Stinky Dean. He's uh, he's like saying, you know, what's that smell? You you people smell. <laughs> the, f- the first thing that comes to my mind, I think a whole Kogan and Noah's Bard, what's that smell? <laughs>
And then I shared that gif of, from SpongeBob from the very first episode. That smell. That smelly smell. That smelly smell that smells smelly. Anchovies. So, I don't know where this storyline's going. It just seems like they gave up on it already. Because they had the... It had the opportunity to be something, but it just seems like they're making Dean wacky again. Because now he's just saying, you know, he, he he's insulting people's hygiene. What's next? He's going to call him a poopy face? He's going to tell them that they shouldn't wear white after Labor Day? He's going to... Is Dean going to come out and just go up to a random kid in the audience and point at his shoes and go, What are those? Is that what Dean's going to do? Is he just going to like throw out like sixth grade insults? I don't know what where this Dean Ambrose heel turn is going. I don't know. It, it's starting to look like shit. And the and Seth is just trying to sell all of it while he uh, apparently is has a has some cold ones waiting for him in his hotel room, which that's a old face line. Uh, what else happened on Raw? Uh, I don't know what the fuck else happened on Raw because Raw sucks. It just sucks. I mean, they made pee pee jokes about Drake Drake Maverick. Uh, that was suspected. Ronda Rousey came out and she she got a pretty good promo, uh, I think. And you know, Baron Corbin came out and said, "I'll give you competition." As Mickey James, which you know, it was a it was a good match. It was an okay match. It wasn't a terrible match. But it was an okay match. Uh, Braun Strowman is apparently he's, he apparently is legit going to have uh, elbow surgery. He uh, the the rumor was that he was working hurt, and this was a way to kind of write him off. You know, TV. The uh, Baron Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and. Um, and Drew McIntyre ganged up on him and beat him up, and Baron Corbin, you know, quote unquote, broke his elbow. So I don't know if that's what broke his elbow because I heard he was working hurt. Somebody said he was working hurt, so I don't know if that was a way to write him off screen because the talk is that he's gonna, he's really gonna need surgery and he's gonna be out for a while. He might even miss TLC, which, if that's the case, hold him off until Royal Rumble. That'd be the best possible way. Have him come out at Royal Rumble and maybe win it or do something. I don't know. Hold him off. Don't just brush him back. I mean, the best way, the best thing to do would have him come back at TLC because that's a TLC match. He wouldn't have to do too much moving around. He would just have to beat the shit out of Corbin. So that's really about it. Um, what else happened? Um... I guess that's it for Raw. Uh, I watched SmackDown tonight. SmackDown was... It was SmackDown as usual. That's what you expect from the B-Show. Open with Charlotte coming out and Charlotte, you know, getting cheered. I'm not sure if she's supposed to be a face or a heel. I mean, maybe they're just giving her Becky Lynch's gimmick since Becky's out for the foreseeable future. Paige comes out with her oversized fucking lips. Her lips literally look like those, like, prop lips that you see at a store. Like, the ones you use to, like, you know, 
put over your like normal lips, and they look like oversized lips. That's what Paige literally looks like. I put it on Twitter. She is literally tight pants with oversized inject injected lips. That's literally what she is. And I, and I and I had a good chuckle over John Jaber. It seems like Paige wears the same jeans every fucking week. She just wears really. She's always wears cut jeans. That's literally what she wears. So, yeah, she comes out and says, you know, it seems like she's going to fire her or suspend her. And the whole time, Charlotte is laughing. She doesn't look like she's pissed off. She's just laughing. And Charlotte's like, you know, Charlotte, for the talking news, referees, I'm a Von J. 100,000 smackaroos. That's not what she really said. And then, you know, the Iconics come out and do their whole weird comedy bit. I refer to them as the boner killers because they're they're really hot. They're very pretty women. But when they open their mouth, it just makes the little guy shrink. I know it's not politically correct, but that's kind of the truth. <clears throat> they come out and Charlotte fights. Uh, Billy Kay beats her. And then wants to fight Peyton Royce, fights her, Billy Kay interferes. They both beat up Charlotte. You hear Becky chants, so you, you think Becky's gonna come out. Charlotte ends up spearing both of them and like pounds her faces into the announce table and leaves. Uh, we have a Thanksgiving fight with, uh, the, the tag team champions of SmackDown who end up being covering cranberry sauce. Ugh. Happened. Very, very forgettable show. Daniel Bryan came out and I guess explained what he did and why he did it. The whole time he's literally referring to himself in the third person says, Daniel Bryan did this. When Daniel Bryan was nine, Daniel Bryan pooped his pants. Daniel Bryan was hurt. Then Daniel Bryan came back because Daniel Bryan felt like it. And did. it was like fucking Bob Dole. It's like everybody's impersonation of Bob Dole, but it's Daniel Bryan. So his whole reason is that he he turned his back on the fans after he had to retire, and then he came back and he saw what he needed to do to be a champion again. He took advantage of it, and he actually said balls. He didn't say I kicked you in the grapefruits. He says no, I kicked AJ Styles in the balls, and that's obviously a Vince McMahon thing. And then uh, he proceeds to announce a shocking announcement that the Yes Movement is dead. The new Daniel Bryan is here, wearing his weird uh, Kurt Cobain grunge plaid sweater. So, and it's announced that he'll face AJ Styles for AJ Styles' uh, WWE Championship rematch. Uh, Speaking of, and then the, well, I'll get to AJ Styles in a bit. Uh, Ray, uh, it ended with Ray, Ray Mysterio versus Randy Orton. Ray, uh, Orton winning with an RKO outside the ring, and then he RKOs him again by, I think, taking off his... He takes off his mask and he RKOs him, and then he takes off his mask again and just leaves him in a in a heap. So that that, that happened. Anyways, to get to, Randy, to get to AJ Styles, the talk is that he is negotiating a new contract with WWE. Which is the one of the reasons why he wanted to drop this drop the title to Daniel Bryan was uh, he wanted to negotiate for um, three years 
Um, I'm not sure of the pay rate. I'm not sure how much he wants to get paid. I'm, I, I imagine they'll pay him a hefty sum because he's AJ. He's done a great job since he's been here. But he wants a lighter schedule. He wants that. Uh, he wants that Randy Orton schedule where he'll work, he'll work SmackDown, but he'll work limited house shows, and he'll work the pay per views, of course. But he wants a limited schedule. Which, if I'm WWE, just give him what he fucking wants. I mean, SmackDown's already bad. If you lose AJ Styles, it'll be even worse. I mean, you're already about to lose Nakamura, and you've dropped the pooch with that. You screw the pooch with that. I mean, if Nakamura leaves, I don't think it would really matter. He wasn't even on fucking SmackDown tonight. Oh my god. Just get, get fucking rid of him. Send, send him packing back to Japan. That's not a racist comment, by the way. He lives in Japan. Shut the fuck up. But yeah. AJ Styles, uh, give him what he fucking wants. If you're WWE, if you're Vince McMahon, if you're Triple H, whoever does the contracts, I think Triple H takes care of talent. Give him what he fucking wants. Let him let him work a limited schedule the way he wants. Let him work, you know, stay with his kids. He's fucking forty. You know, you can't you can't drive these wrestlers into the ground like you used to. Which which they're not. To their credit, they're not. You know, they gave. Uh, I know Jeff Hardy's working that kind of schedule. He's working that limited schedule because he wasn't on SmackDown tonight. I think Rey Mysterio is working a limited schedule, which I would imagine he would. And then, you know, Orton, same thing, you know, uh, Brock's, well, Brock's a different case. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just give, just give AJ the, just give AJ whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, I was going to talk about something else. There was something else out. Oh yeah, Alexa Bliss. It was reported by, I believe, Dave Meltzer that, um, Alexa Bliss still hasn't passed any of um, WWE's concussion protocols. She uh, she had an injury in October 11th, I believe. She was slated to um, be part of the uh, Evolution pay per view event, and where she was going to be in a tag match with Nikki James against Trish Stratus and Lita. She had to miss it because of that injury. She still has not been cleared by WWE, which is why you saw her just be on the apron and just not dressed in a wrestling attire, but just dressed up because she can't wrestle. The talk you know, there and there's rumors that she might not even be able to wrestle again, which if that's the case, that sucks because she's, she's younger than me. I, I know for a fact, I know for a fact, Alexa Bliss is younger than me. Let me just be sure of this. I know she's like 26. Twenty-seven years old. I was close. Yeah, twenty-seven years old. If she has to retire because of that, that just sucks. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad that WWE is taking their, you know, the wrestlers' health seriously, especially when it comes to concussions. Because back in the day, you know, it was you know said you know if you were hurt, they would still make you work. You know, you look at uh, you know, someone like Kurt Angle. He was wrestling her and WWE wouldn't let him take time off, you know, uh, in ring of hell, you know, Eddie Guerrero would be fucking just like, he, he was begging them to give him a lighter schedule and let him take time off, but they wouldn't let him. He'd be, he'd be in the corner drinking tea and he could hardly fucking move. And, you know, 
Michael is like giving them painkillers. So, it's a good thing that they're that. I mean, it, I mean, obviously, it's something that they have to do. I don't think they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They're doing it because they have to. Because you know, the, ever since the whole Benoit thing happened, it's been a huge eye opener. Now they now they really have to take care of their wrestlers because they really could get sued. You know, and well, the one thing that they forget about is that wrestlers are independent contractors. They could leave whenever the hell they please, because you know they—they're not breaking any any barrier. They're not breaking any laws. They're not breaching any contracts. If they want to leave, they can. It's they're independent contractors. What can you say? Yeah, Alexa Bliss. I'm hoping. I'm hoping this is all just talk. Um, I'm hoping she comes back as soon as she can. I mean, she wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire, but. When you look at that Divas division, she's a she's one of the you know the top stars. She's she's a great talker. She can talk people into the building. She's good at playing a heel. You know her wrestling ability not that great, but you know she, she's young. She still has time to get better. You know Trish when she was starting out, she wasn't that good, and she openly admitted it. She said I wasn't that good, and then I begged you know, fit family to train me and she got a lot better. She took it seriously. Hopefully Alexa Bliss, you know, takes it seriously. And, you know, seems like a lot of these girls are not trained properly. They need better training, which is why you saw something like, you know, Nia Jax pretty much cleaning Becky's clock, which, again, that's kind of a dead issue. We talked about it already. <laughs> so, you know, and Becky, another like a concussion, she'll be, she should be back soon. <sighs> so, anyways, that's pretty much it for this show. Uh, next week, I, I announced it a while back. Next week, John Draper from Wrestling Suit will be on the show. John Draper from Wrestling Suit and Global Balding will be on the show. I'm looking forward to that. I'm very much looking forward to that. Can't wait. You guys are going to friggin' love it. I'm going to love it. I don't even know what they were going to talk about. Um, as you all know, this Thursday is Thanksgiving, Turkey Day, as I call it. Um, pretty much, uh, I don't want to make this PSA. Try to have a good Thanksgiving, guys. Don't do anything stupid. Don't get in trouble. Don't get in trouble with the law. Don't hurt anyone. Just have fun. See, eat your turkey, eat your pie, have your beer, and watch the football game. That's really all you got to do. Don't do anything else. Don't do anything else is stupid. I, on the other end, I'll I'll just be with my girl. I'll just be with my girl and her family. I think we're going to her cousin's house afterwards. Uh, that's really about it. Black Friday shopping. I never do Black Friday, mainly because I'm broke most of the time. But even if I did have the money, I, I, don't know, I would like to have money on Black Friday just so I can maybe partake in things. I certainly wouldn't wait outside a fucking store at like 2 in the morning and wait for it to open up. I would... I would maybe just do like Cyber Monday deals or Cyber Sunday deals. You know, I think there's a Cyber Sunday and a Cyber Monday. So, and yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's just like I wish I had money to be able to like partake in this shit. So that's what I'm doing for Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Please be safe. Again, I I can't I can't you know you know, spend too much time on this. Just please be safe. That's all, that's all I really ask you. Just have fun. Be safe. 
Be safe with your family and friends, and just even if you're not, even if you, even if you're not spending time with family, just be safe by yourself. You know, have a, have a beer, you have a piece of turkey, and just have and just be safe. And again, next Tuesday with John Draper, uh, Twitter, Jury Show, uh, any other platform that use podcasts and speakers our home base. Be sure to go to iTunes and leave a review if you like what you hear. Put a star rating on Spreaker. Make sure you hit the follow button if you like what you see. And Facebook, same thing. Juriari Show. And that's really about it, guys. Uh, thank you for listening, and have a great holiday. And I will be back next week. <laughs>